Jesus, you were all to me. Why did you die on Calvary? Oh, Lamb of God, when I failed to see how this could be part of that plan. They say that you are life and death, but I saw death and every sin reach out to claim their darkest will. Could this be part of their plan? If I could only hold your hand and touch the sky when else were driven, I would need to feel your sight where holy flesh my spirit was driven. Good evening, my brothers and sisters. Once again, this is your brother Paul, often coming to you live on my own Facebook page, and also uh, some are now watching me from YouTube and uh, Spotify, which is 
audio alone um also radio public some of you will get me on whatsapp and some people just read uh, uh, audio on whatsapp so wherever you are listening to me i send my greetings to you and i hope you are doing wonderful as you are here also doing well we started a topic three weeks ago and the title is the unknown god the god that some of us say they worship but we don't know him and the god that because is hidden from the eyes of man some people are saying that he is not there and this is the god that we are talking about uh, for the past three weeks last week we talked about how the unknown god you know, came to earth and stay with man. So we're saying that the unknown God in the midst of man. That is what how uh, last week we uh, started, and we're going to continue from there. The unknown God in the midst of man. But before that, let me chip in this. Probably this is going to be a whole lesson within this lesson. But that is fine because it's all part of what we are trying to study to find out. The unknown God, who is he and how he interacts with man that he has created. You see, last week there was a panel discussion about the existence of God on Chariot TV. Now the panelists were one brother and also Derek Danso, that's a fine gentleman uh, who is knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, the debates on God or uh and other things. And these panelists were discussing about the existence of God, as I've said. Because there was a lady who was throwing some questions to them. They were trying to give this lady answer. To let the lady know that uh, God, you know, does exist. Because the lady doesn't believe that God exists. You see... The question that the lady asks is, if there is God, why did he create sin? And why are people suffering in the world? If we say this God is a just God, if we say this God is a God that is love, why are so many suffering in the world? And for that matter, he doesn't believe that God is there. You see, someone has also asked, where or why uh, 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 is God, and why, if this God is alive, why did he put the evil tree on the Garden of Eden? Sometimes we hear questions like this, you understand? Some trying to ridicule, you know, us because we say we believe in God. But I think these people don't know and they need help. But we can't force people to put the knowledge of God in their hearts. Because, let me tell you, whether you like it or not, the Bible makes it clear that people know God because from the things around us, they all show the signature of God and you don't need to be persuaded to, you know, know God. But these people are refusing to accept because as they always say, they want to, if God is there, they want to see signs. They want to actually see that God is there by maybe seeing him alive 
or something like that. You see, so that's the question that this lady was trying to, you know, put across. To say that if you say indeed there is God, uh, why did he create sin as if God created sin? Or why is this suffering in this world as if God is, you know, creating this suffering that we have? Now we know how there's a fight between Israel and Hamas. And people are being, you know, bombarded with bombs all the time. So to this lady, if God is there, why these things are going on? You understand? Now, in the first place, it was not God who created sin or brought suffering into this world. But this was the work of man. It was man who introduced sin and suffering into the world. And I will tell you why. You see, the unknown God loves us so much. The God that we don't know, he loves us so much. And he loves man that he created. And therefore, he will not hurt man or bring suffering to man. But the question is, why are these suffering going on? If we say the unknown God is the God of love, you understand? Why this? And that is why I'm trying to explain to you that you know where this sin and suffering come from. It's not from God because God loves us. And because God loves humans that he created, he gave man the power to choose. Now listen to me very carefully. God gave man the power to choose. And this is where all this problem started from. Okay? It's not that the power that he gave man to choose is something bad. Indeed, it's good that God did not make us as robots, but made us in his own image that we can have will and a power to choose. He did not make man as a robot. Now, listen to me carefully. Where he sits somewhere and, you know, use remote control to control man. So that we will not have will or will not have, you know, choice. God did not do that. He loved us so he created us in his own image. So that man can have will and can also have power to choose whatever he wants. And this is what God gave to man. So with the power of choice in the hands of man, man can make his own decisions without God interfering. Listen carefully. You are asking why God, uh, you are asking why there is sin in the world and it is suffering. And you think that if there is God, why this sin and suffering in the world? And I'm telling you that it is not God. What God did was to create you and give you a power of choice. He gave you a power of choice and a will. And when you have that in your hands, it is you who make your own decision without God's interference. Now, as soon as God interferes with what man is doing, then we become robots. Which means he sits somewhere and directs us. You know, turn us here and there. If you want this... God turn you the other direction and, you know, as you know, how people control robots, what they do. But we are perfectly made people with a will and people with choices. You understand? So know that when we have this power in our hands, we can choose whatever we like. So with this Power and the will, man decides 
his own destiny without God's interference. Even though God knows what is in the mind of man, but he doesn't interfere. Let me repeat. With the power that God has given you, the power of choice and the will, you make your own decision and God does not interfere. Even though he knows that Paul, tomorrow you are going to do this. But it is your own will and your own choice. And that is the power God gave you. You see, when God made, you know, the world made Adam and Eve. He made them and put them in the garden. And he, in the garden, I'm going to tell you the genesis of this sin and the suffering that man is, you know, seeing today. In the garden were unique plants. Okay? And these plants were part of God's creation. Now, it's God who made all things and he created two plants as part of his creation. No one can question him why God create these two unique plants in the Garden of Eden. You cannot question him. Now, these two plants, okay, one of the plants were called the Tree of Life and the other one is a tree of what? Uh, uh, what? Knowledge and what? Also has evil in it. Now, probably you, you will argue that. Why did God, you know, bring this tree into the garden? Now, that is what I'm saying. I'm saying that God is a creator and he can choose to create everything he wants. But never mind, he is already given a man a choice, a power of choice and a will. He doesn't decide to the man. You understand? If we question God, why did he create it? It's like what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 45 verse 9. Isaiah said, Woe to him who strive with him who formed him. If you strive with God who formed you, as I said, woe to you. A pot among Asian pots, does the clay say to him who formed it, what are you making? As I said, you cannot question the maker, you cannot question the creator. Why did you make this? Why did you make this? Your work has no handles or your work is not up to standard. There are so many things in the world that exist and probably humans, you will not know the value of these things. Even the body, if you study biology, you study something called uh, uh, physiology and anatomy, you can see that the organs and the parts of, you know, human body had certain types of what? Organs and parts. There are some things in the human body up to now they don't know the relevance of it. You understand? But some people are beginning to reason why this is in the body of man. Probably you don't see the reason why God should bring these two unique plants in the garden. But he is all-knowing and he knows the reason why these two unique plants was there. So that is the first point I want you to understand. I want you to understand. But the good news is that when God put these two plants there, 
because God loves man, he warned man about the evil tree. He told him of the repercussions for eating that tree. Now he called man and said, in this garden, everything you see is given to you and you have total control. I've given you the power of choice. I'm not making you as a remote, con uh, as what? A, a, a robot. I will not control your will and I will not control your choices. You have this in your hands. The power of choice is in your hand. But let me tell you, there's these two unique plants or tree in the garden. This one is called tree of life. Now, what does tree of life do? The name even suggests for itself. The name said tree of life, meaning if you eat the tree of life, you're going to have life in abundance. Probably man will not die if they had eaten the tree of life. And then he said the second one is called the evil tree. Now, I name it as evil tree because of obviously if you eat what will in your brain. So God warned him that never, listen, never touch this tree. But every tree in the, this, apart from this tree, you can eat, including the tree that will give you life, which is called the tree of life. That is what God said, and he has finished his job. If he had not warned the people, then you can say that, well, God wanted to, you know, punish them. And that is why he brought this tree without telling them. But God, the creator, who knows the reason why he put these two plants there, gave a warning to Adam and wife. If he did, then you have to know that anything that will follow is from the man and not from God. God did not interfere Adam and his wife's decision simply because his love for them was so great and was so powerful and was so strong that he will not interfere the decisions that they make. And that shows the love of God by not making humans as robots, by giving them will and power to do whatever you want. He said, I've given everything in this world. Okay? You control them. What do you want God to do? You understand? What do you want God to do? Now, if God had made man as robot or interfere, whatever man will do, then man would have lost his power to choose and make his own decisions. So this time, man has no will, he has no power. It's God who is controlling and, you know, turning him left and right as robot. But God never did that, you understand? So, that means God's love for us is so deep. You see, the beautiful things you see around you. Even now you are watching me on either your mobile phone or your computer. Now, these things you are watching from is the work of man. 
It's man who made all the beautiful things out, the buildings, the light, and everything. It's man who made it. Now, if God has made man as robot, where man has no choice to decide what he likes or he wants, you wouldn't have seen all these beauty things that you see today. Probably, you wouldn't have even gotten the mobile phone that you can, you know, speak on it or watch things on it. Because man will become like a robot and have no will or power. Do you understand now? Yes. So, when these powers and will were given to man, man used his will and his power to choose the plant or the tree which God warned him not to do. So, whose fault? Whose fault? Was God wrong to give man power of choice or to say you, you make your own decision? No. God was not wrong. But it was man who used his power of choice to choose that plant that will kill him. You see, even though God knows what is in everyone's heart, including me and you, God knows what is in our heart. He does not control what you use your power to do. If you decide to worship God, He will not control you. If you decide not to worship, He's not controlling you. But whatever you use your choice to make, or your power of choice to do, there will be a repercussion. You will answer one day. And that is what is important to God. And that is what matters to God. So, I want you to understand this. Now, we're going to go back to our lesson. Okay? God in the midst of man. And what actually shows that God is in our midst. But we are still looking for signs. You see, the modern man is looking for a supernatural sign before he believed. And that is why some people are saying that there's no God. Because they want to see something, you know, supernatural. Then they will believe. The same way the minds of the people at Jesus' time. Or Jesus' days. If you read John chapter 4 verse 48. The people ask Jesus about signs all the time. But God... Is no longer doing any supernatural things to prove his presence. Because the things around us is a proof that God really exists. God made this world, okay, and made you human, not because of anything, but to show the power that God has. So these are the things that are evidence that God, the designer, made all these things. What we need is all around us. What we need to see that God is present is all around us. Signs and wonders have already served their purpose and they are no longer needed. So if you are looking for signs and wonders before you believe in God, God said you will not get it. And that is why Jesus told the people, no, there's no more signs. You're not going to see any signs. 
if you cannot believe that I am sent from God, if you cannot believe that the things around you is a handiwork of God, there's no signs you're going to get. Now, we're still talking about God in the midst of man. The unknown God in the midst of man. I know sometimes it becomes difficult for some people to grasp this, especially when we say Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Very difficult for people. Even some people who call themselves Christians and, you know, some of our Muslim brothers also have, you know, issue with this that Jesus, you know, claiming to be God. It is not me who is making this claim that Jesus Christ, you know, is God. But that is what the Bible teaches. It's in the Bible. You see, the passages that we are going to read will confirm that the God, the unknown God that we are looking for, actually came onto our planet to stay with us. Actually came onto our planet to stay with us. That unknown God. But many people, including those who saw him, did not see that it was God, the creator of the universe, that came into our midst. Now listen to what John says when you read John chapter 1, verse 1, and then verse 14. John says, In the beginning was the word. Now, I want you to mark these. And the word was God. In the beginning, the word was there. And that word was God. And then he said, And the word, verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwells among us. That word, which was God, became flesh. That is, became human and dwells among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, the full of grace and truth. So, what John is saying is that the beginning of everything, beginning that God created heaven and earth, the word God was there. And this word was God. And this word became flesh. The word became flesh. And dwells among us. We are talking about God in the midst of man. The unknown God in the midst of man. Now John is saying that indeed the God who was there in the beginning became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory as a glory of what? The only son from the father. You see, prior to his coming onto our planet, Isaiah the prophet foretold this. Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and I quote, he said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, who is Isaiah talking about? 
before the word became flesh, Isaiah foresaw this about 700 years back before the word became flesh. And Isaiah said, for to us a son is born, a child is born, and a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name. Listen to the son that is going to be given to the world this name. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. So that son, that's what born into the world, that world, uh, that word that became flesh, the name is mighty God. So do you know that the God of heavens, the mighty God, the creator of our universe, came to our planet and dwell among us? If you don't know, the prophecy suggests, and John, who saw him, also attests to this, that indeed the word became flesh and stay with man. When the angel of the Lord visited Virgin Mary, he disclosed to her, Look, the virgin will conceive, this is what the angel says to Mary, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and he will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The unknown God has visited man. The unknown God is with us. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 is what we have just read. So, my brothers, because of time, I don't want to go, uh, uh, you know, take much of your time. But we're going to continue this. So that you know that the unknown God, that you and I want to see him, in actual fact, came onto our planet and took the flesh of man and became man and dwell among us. But still, people say they are looking for God. Now, I want to read the last quotation, okay, and then end here. The quotation I want to read is from Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. Now, according to Paul, everything was planned ahead for God to visit man in this planet. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of time has come, when the time has come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the time came, God sent his son. And this son was born of a woman alone. And this son is called the savior of the world. He is the son, but Bible says he's almighty God. And the Bible says in the beginning of the creation, this God was there and this God took human flesh and this God stayed among us. So what do you want to see before you believe that the almighty God, the creator of man, has visited man and indeed interacts with man? 
It's not only the Bible that says this man came into our planets and born by a Virgin Mary. Even the Quran attested to this fact. If you read Quran chapter 3 verse 47, chapter 66 verse 12, it tells you that this virgin woman gave birth to a son alone, not with a man. Something that is supernatural, something that has not happened before. And it tells you that Jesus that came into the world is not ordinary person. Because if it was ordinary person, then he will have a human father. And not only a, 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 only a mother. But Paul says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son to be born by a woman. He stressed that. To be born by a woman. To tell you that this man that was born by the woman is not an ordinary man. Indeed, the unknown God has visited man and is in the midst of man. Last week I told you that God has shown himself in various ways. He spoke to people in dreams. He spoke to people face to face. He spoke to people uh, uh, in fire. He spoke to people uh, in, you know, voices. And we want to know how he uh, you know, deals with us today. Right. But what I'm trying to say here is that the Almighty God finally showed himself in human form. So today, this is where we're going to end, and we're going to continue with this lesson. Okay, God in the midst of man, the unknown God in the midst of man, and how, you know, the different ways that God has shown himself to man. So that you will not have any excuse to say that I did not know the unknown God. Indeed, the unknown God had come to our planet. And it's not only the Bible that says that, but word history also name a person called Jesus who came and was born in Palestine. You understand? And this is the name given to God when God visited our planet. We will continue this from next week. If you are listening to me uh, from YouTube, please subscribe to my channel. Now, I want you to share this to many because so many people do not know the unknown God. And for that reason, people are even saying that God does not exist, even though the handiwork of God is all around us. And that is why when you read Romans chapter 1, Paul says, no human being can have an excuse because all the handwriting of God is all around us. God bless you that you always find time to follow me. I want you to share this lesson to as many as you can. Please share it for me and God will bless you because you are also helping to spread the truth. Bye-bye.